What's up, guys? Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks for downloading this week's radio show. We put it into the podcast form, so we appreciate that out of you. We're brought to you by BetNow.eu. Still half a season left. Use the promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus. We're using them for our bets. I hope you do as well because they're helping us out and, you know, you in turn then can help us as well. And that's been great from a grassroots level to keep building this baby up. So thanks for that. And also, if you haven't, please rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And I'll send you a free koozie, a Heartland College Sports koozie. Email me a screenshot of your review to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Pete Mundo keeping things rolling on Heartland College Sports Weekly. And let's welcome in a guy who all Big 12 fans know. He covers it for ESPN. He is Jake Trotter and... Jake, let's look at this conference now at about the halfway mark in the season here. It feels to me like it really is still, I don't even know if it's a two-team race now. OU, Texas, what do we think of West Virginia? Is Iowa State now in the mix? You know, we're halfway through here. How many teams do you think can realistically win this conference at this point? I think probably two, um, but I I think there's three or four teams that could also re-enter the conversation. I'm not ready to write off West Virginia just yet. Uh, despite that performance in Ames uh, offensively. I think Iowa State is a really interesting team now um, because of what they have in terms of schedule coming up. They have four manageable games Mm -hmm. and then a road trip to Texas. And obviously, if they were able to upset the Longhorns, uh, then they would be firmly in that conversation as well. Uh, You know, Texas Tech had a big win at TCU. Um, I still think TCU is pretty talented. Uh, You know, they've got to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback, uh, which is going to be big problem for them offensively um so i I think it's a two-team race i think it's oklahoma and texas right now um could it be oklahoma texas and west virginia could it be oklahoma texas west virginia and iowa state um i think that's certainly on the table and what i would say about the big 12 you know through the halfway point is that doesn't feel like there are any dominant teams uh aka playoff caliber teams but um i think there are a lot of good teams i mean i think baylor is a, is a pretty solid team. I think Kansas State will see, you know, do what they do every year, which is get better uh, and, and be a tough out for people. Um, Texas Tech is, is, is much improved uh, defensively, obviously. Uh, so I, I think there are a lot of really tough teams in the Big 12, you know, teams that are bowl caliber. Uh, but I don't know that there are any playoff caliber teams. That could change, but I think as of today, um, I think the Big 12 is going to be on the outside looking into the playoffs. Jake Trotter's joining us, uh, ESPN.com. So, so Jake, you know, when you look at what Oklahoma did with the Mike Stoops move, uh, it seemed like it was something everybody maybe not saw coming at the timing-wise. A lot of people said maybe this should have been done a year ago. But how do you think just changes uh, OU from a program standpoint that there was a little turmoil, there was a little controversy, something that you never had during the boring Castiglione Stoops hierarchy. It was kind of unusual for OU. Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it was a move that they they had to make. At the same time, you know, making that move in the middle of the season um, is not ideal. And I felt, I feel like if they, if they, if Lincoln Riley felt like, uh, you know, there was a chance that he could fire Mike Soups during the season, he probably should have gone ahead and made the move in the off season. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they made the playoff, but in that playoff game, I mean, they got absolutely lit up. Um, and if you make the move in the off season, then you could go out and get somebody to reshape the defense. And 
you know, maybe Oklahoma is that playoff team if they make that move in the offseason versus now they're just trying to tread water with Ruff and McNeil. And, you know, I think I could see them being a little bit better defensively, but are they going to be great? All of a sudden, no. And um, they're going to have to make a lot of improvement defensively in order to be a team that, that runs the table and, uh, and wins the Big 12. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, there's a little bit about people, but there's been some before. I mean, this kind of reminds me of 2014 for Oklahoma when, uh, they, you know, they, they lose to Oklahoma State at home, and then they go to, uh, on a Tyreek Hill uh, touchdown return, by the way. He's going on to do some things, by the way. Um, and then they go, they go get just absolutely obliterated by Clemson in the Russell Athletic Bowl, and then they fire Josh Heupel. Uh, a guy who had won the national championship at quarterback for Stoops in 2000, the guy who'd been an assistant there for a long time, um, done some really good work with Sam Bradford as a quarterbacks coach. Um, but they, it was clear that they just weren't gonna, they weren't gonna move forward offensively with him. And then they bring in Lincoln Riley, and you know they, they're off and running again. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they've had that before, where they, you know, they've maybe had a controversial uh, firing or firing that sort of led to a little bit of upheaval. But um, you know, in the case of 2014. Uh, it worked really well, and I think that's sort of what they envision uh, this offseason bringing. Um, it's just it's a shame for Oklahoma that they did it in the middle of the season, uh, whereas now they're going to have a hard time, I think, adjusting on the fly. Yeah, Jake Trotter's joining us, ESPN.com. So, uh, Jake, let's talk about West Virginia here because that was a horrible, by their standards especially, offensive performance. Give Iowa State credit. But Dana Holgerson said a couple of interesting things after the game, implying that maybe he's not thrilled with what Jake Spavadol is doing. You know, we all know Dana Holgerson used to call the plays. Do you see any kind of uh, concerns there with with, uh, just the foundation at West Virginia and what the coaches are doing? Yeah, I mean, this has bubbled up a couple times before. I remember after the Texas game last year when Will Greer got his finger broken. Yes. Uh, Dana was upset, uh, and it was, clear, it was clear he was upset at Jake uh, for the play call that, you know, why are we running our quarterback? We shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, it was clear he was talking to Jake, and you kind of, okay, is, you know, something going to happen? And then, you know, nothing did. So I, I think Dana, that's just Dana being frustrated. I don't think they're that to that point yet. Now, if they uh, if they lay another egg or two offensively, then I think then I think it could change. But um, you know, I think uh, you know they didn't bring Jake in. Dana didn't bring Jake Jake Savitt in with the idea like that the first sign of trouble I'm going to make a switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just him being frustrated, and and you know rightfully so. I mean they were just uh, abysmal mm-hmm. uh, in Ames. Couldn't get a third down conversion to save their life. Uh, so they uh, they've 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 got a lot to work through. But I don't think that includes making a switch at offensive coordinator. I could be I could be wrong. I mean, we'll see. But I would be surprised if that happens. Jake, at Kansas State, a lot of noise over the past several weeks around Bill Snyder. What's going on there? Now, it's quieted a little bit. They played well against Texas, almost beat Baylor, and then got the win last week over Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, h- how do you see this thing ultimately playing out? Is it just going to be year by year and Snyder kind of calls the shots? Or do you see a breaking point here where even the administration kind of says enough's enough? Um, I, I don't, you know, they would have to really fall off a table for that to happen. And it seemed like it was going to happen. I mean, they, and I was in Morgantown. I mean, they just were completely up yeah. in that game. And then, you know, they're down 19 to nothing to Texas. And it just seemed like, oh my gosh, this is, is this how it's going to end? Um, and then they, you know, they come back and almost beat Texas. And, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to see the Baylor game, but you know, they, they had, they had every opportunity to win that. Then they, 
dominate Oklahoma State. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, I think if they can finish like seven and five, uh, which did, which almost seemed unthinkable a couple weeks ago, um, then, then I think it's kind of back to where things were. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, barring them completely uh, falling apart, uh, whether it's this year or in the future, you know, it's going to be Snyder's call. Um, it's going to be year to year based on, you know, how he's feeling and whether he wants to keep doing it. But um, unless it gets so bad that, uh, you know, Gene Taylor and, and, the, and the regents and whoever have to step in, um, you know, like a two and ten, a three yeah. and nine, something yeah. like that. Uh, it's going to be Snyder that, that makes the, the the decision about when it's time for him to step aside. Jake Trotter, ESPN.com is joining us. Uh, Jake, what's been the bigger surprise to you, uh, Texas Tech on the upside and what they've done, or TCU on the downside and, and what they haven't done this year? I think Tech has been uh, more surprising, um, particularly if you take it in the context of that opener uh, where they, they look so bad. I mean, I was – now, I didn't think Texas Tech was going to be, uh, you know, Big 12 title contender or anything. Um, but I thought that, you know, this is a team that could get to 6-6. Six and six, And then they lose to Ole Miss like that, and you're thinking, well, that's it. I mean, there's there's just no – you look at the schedule, and there's just no way they're going to win six games. They're going to struggle to get to four. Um, and, and all the, you know, already they have uh, – I think, what are they, four and, four, four and two, four and three? Yeah, four and two. Um, Already they've gotten the four wins. You know, they, they, they score 63 against that Oliver. Uh, they obliterate Oklahoma State and Stillwater. And then they get the win against TCU. Uh, so, you know, twice on the road. Um, they, they've been, a, they've been a, a, a surprise in the way that they have bounced back. I didn't see that coming after the Ole Miss game. Uh, they have stabilized things defensively, and they've just figured out a way to make it work with uh, multiple quarterbacks. Um, you know, TCU, I thought that, this is going to be a little bit of a rebuilding year. I mean, they lost some key guys defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still good on defense, but then offensively with the new offensive line and a new quarterback, um, you know, I thought it was going to take some time. And now that Robinson really hasn't quite made the development that I think they needed him to make in order to be, you know, a top four team in the league, um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, you know, at quarterback. I think Robinson is a ton of talent, but, you know, at some point, you know, you got to produce. So, um, you know, we'll see. They've, they've got another, you know, really intriguing prospect who's uh, redshirting this year, coming off the knee injury at quarterback. Um, but I, I do think that the, the, the Penn transfer Collins um, has got a chance to see some more time. And maybe, um, you know, maybe that, maybe that changes their fortunes. You know, Iowa State, you know, made the quarterback change, and all of a sudden they're a completely different team offensively. Um, you know, we'll see if uh, Texas Tech's same way with Alan Bowman. Uh, slash Jet Duffy from McLean Carter. We'll see if if a quarterback change can get them a little bit of a jolt as well. Jake, uh, speaking of quarterback changes, Oklahoma State, uh, Taylor Cornelius catching some heat, Mike Gundy, Mike Yurisich. Uh, what would you do there if you were uh, Mike Gundy with this quarterback situation and with this team that, let's be honest, just looked like it quit at the end of last week's game against K-State, especially on defense? Yeah, I mean, I play the true freshman mm-hmm. and just, just, okay, let's see what happens. I mean, it, yeah. This is turning into a lost year already for Oklahoma State. Um, so, you know, Taylor Cornelius is a former walk-on senior. Uh, you might as well see what Sanders can do to kind of get you ready for next year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's similar to 2014 for Oklahoma State. Uh, they are playing Dax Garman. They looked atrocious offensively, uh, couldn't do anything. And for whatever reason, you know, Gundy was not going to play Mason Rudolph. And then – 
you know, an injury to Dax Garman forced his hand where they just didn't have any other quarterbacks because uh, I think J.W. Walsh was hurt at that point as well. So they, uh, they, have, to, they have to pull Mason Rudolph off of redshirt, and then he beats, uh, you know, throws for a bunch of yards against Baylor, um, a team that would uh, win, uh, you know, tie for the, uh, the Big 12 championship that year. They would, uh, then he beats Oklahoma and Norman, and then he, they, beat, they win a bowl game against Arizona. Um, and then, you know, he goes on to have a really good career uh, for three years. Um, I don't know why they don't try to go that route. Now, maybe Sanders just completely isn't ready. I mean, I guess that's possible. But, I mean, right now, they're just not going to beat many people with Taylor Cornelius, the quarterback. Um, and, and some of that is not his fault. Um, but when your offensive line can't protect, is not very good. And you have, you know, a quarterback that doesn't move around real well in the pocket. Um, usually doesn't doesn't lead to a lot of points. So they're in a bad spot right now. And, you know, I think if I was going to do a Big 12 power rankings, they're probably ninth. Kansas is the only team that I think is behind them um, because of how poorly they have played on both sides of the ball. But, um, you know, they, they've been disappointing on offense for sure. He's Drake Trotter, ESPN.com, does fantastic work there. Uh, Jake, can't thank you enough for a few minutes. Really appreciate it. And we'll be seeing you at some uh, Big 12 games down the line. Sounds good, Pete. Once again, appreciate Jake Trotter joining us. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. It's a great deal. Just screenshot your review on iTunes, send it to me, and you got it. And betnow.eu, promo code HEARTLAND for your Big 12 bets. We appreciate that. I'm using them. I I am, and they're good to us. So that's helping us out a lot. So thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.